Jake me is now Peter Dinklage. Okay, okay, All right. dude. All right. All right. Welcome everyone to the Canadian Perspective. We have a, a special episode. I don't know how much a bleed over there is between the intro in the call and whatnot, but we have a very important cool. guest. We have Nikki Ashton, and she has yep. come on to uh, primarily speak about her uh, Bill C two forty five which is an amendment to the uh, Canada Infrastructure Bank Act. Yep. So we're going to be discussing that with her. Yeah. I'm wearing this shirt. This is my Jake Meat Singh shirt. This is my favorite shirt. We're good luck for this interview. So I hope it goes well. And go. So welcome, everybody, to uh, a very special episode a, uh, and a special guest. Uh, right now we have on Member of Parliament Nikki Ashton, very well-known member in the NDP. Mm -hmm. um, She's been uh, an elected member since 2008, and we have her on to discuss a, a very important bill that she's introduced that has to deal with uh, the Infrastructure Act um, and amendments that she would like to make to it. And of course, we're going to discuss that with her. With her. Nikki, how are you doing? I am great, and I'm just so pumped to be talking to you guys. Uh, you know, the Manitoba connection. I'm, I'm mm. of course, here at home in Thompson, mm. uh, and um, where where winter is back, but that's normal. <laughs> uh, and, uh, you know, just really, really excited to talk to you guys about this uh, um, pretty... Uh, uh, pretty awesome bill we've put together mm -hmm. uh, that uh, that really uh, leverages public ownership in the fight against climate change. And, and uh, we're building a campaign around it. And I'd love to uh, engage uh, and, and encourage people to get involved. Wonderful, wonderful. So um, I, uh, before conducting this and putting the questions together, of course, I read through all of this. And mm -hmm. I got to say, there was a lot of things that I, I, uh, I found very interesting. And I liked about the changes you made. So uh, one of the changes that I noticed is that uh, the removal, uh, the removal of mentions of uh, quote private sector and in private sector investors or institutional investors in throughout the act when it came to um, when it came to uh, uh, the bank's attempt to um, you know do things on their behalf or make things uh, better for them to you know to make profits and such. Yep. Right. So how mm -hmm. my question is. Um, how could the bill, so could the bill, even though those, um, mentions of the uh, private sector investors have been removed, could the bill still not be interpreted in a way to cater to those interests still? Like, could the, uh, current governing party or whatever board that they mm -hmm. put together, um, for the, uh, infrastructure, um, could they still not just you know, interpret the bill to create profits for, the uh, uh, private sector. They're 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 rich and well connected friends. Yeah. <laughs> Look, I mean, first of all, um, just to back it up a few steps. I mean, one of the things that that you know, right off the bat, and not many people know this, is that we have a relatively new crown corporation uh, called the Canada Infrastructure Bank. This was created by the federal liberals, actually by former finance minister Bill Morneau of, mm -hmm. of uh, um, Bay Street fame. Uh, and, uh, and really, you know, they put together this bank and they said, look, Canada has a massive infrastructure deficit. Uh, and so we've put together this bank and everything's going to be great. People can come here. Communities can come here. Uh, institutions mm -hmm. can come here. And uh, uh, and we are going to get corporate uh, 
and, and investors involved and we are going to build the infrastructure needed and churn a profit. And uh, right mm -hmm. off the bat, obviously we in the NDP, we were very much opposed to this agenda, very critical. Mm -hmm. uh, but interestingly enough, fast forward four years later, and it's not just the NDP that's critical of this bank, it's it's almost everybody. Because, mm -hmm. you know, who would have who would have thunk it that that this kind of a setup wouldn't actually win the day? In fact, there is no project that has seen completion under the Canada Infrastructure Bank. So, so they haven't actually delivered anything uh, in, okay. in, in actual terms. Um, we we know that uh, they are they have uh, uh, billions of dollars of funding uh, to leverage. Uh, and uh, and we also know that the infrastructure needs of our country have only grown, uh, and so has the severity of the climate crisis. And so what right. we said is we, uh, you know, in, in the fight against climate change, in the fight to support our communities in the face of climate change, we need to use all the tools at our disposal. And uh, one of those tools needs to be uh, public ownership. Uh, and, uh, and here we have a Crown Corporation that in name should be the answer to what a lot of the challenges we face. So mm -hmm. let's make it, uh, uh, let's change it so that it actually is that, that, uh, that, 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 that bank, that place, that Crown Corporation that could be there for our communities. And for us, it was very important to take out the requirement of private funding. Uh, and uh, to take out the for-profit element of, of these projects, uh, yeah. which, which we know is, uh, um, you know, we know, for example, that, that triple P's are a disaster. Uh, mm -hmm. um, you know, the, the, the triple P model, private-public partnerships, does, does not work. It ends up costing more, taking more time to build. Uh, and, uh, um, uh, and we know that the, the kind of uh, um, delivery, service delivery, or, 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 you know, what was promised is certainly not, uh, not to the extent that, uh, uh, that people expect. And so we're saying, take out the triple P, take out the for-profit. I mean, infrastructure in our country, we're in dire need of infrastructure and it shouldn't be yeah. built on a for-profit sure. model. Um, but let us also grapple with with the the most, uh, uh, I mean, the, the existential crisis of our time, which is climate change. Right. Mm -hmm. And uh, we know, particularly those of us in Western Canada, in the north, uh, especially uh, that uh, climate change is here. It is wreaking havoc in our communities, in our in our provinces. And we are not equipped to deal with that reality. Uh, and so so we've said, uh, let's make the focus of the bank explicitly through the act uh, to be on mitigation in particular, but also mm -hmm. adaptation vis-a-vis -vis climate change. Uh, and we also have a a, um, uh, a focus, a, a, an encouraged priority around northern and indigenous communities, because these are the yep. communities that are both paying the greatest price in terms of mm -hmm. climate change and have the yes. fewest yeah. amount of resources to deal with it. Right. So. Right. So. So we we um, we put all of this together now. You know, we we do hope that that, uh, you know, and the goal here is to get the government to support uh, this this bill. Right. Not. Right. Not necessarily as government, but but you mm -hmm. know, liberal MPs. I mean, all MPs. Uh, the way it works with private members' bills is, um, well, they're often not whipped by parties. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, members can decide how they vote, and we're certainly hoping that uh, we will have enough votes to ultimately pass the bill. Uh, but certainly, even even um, uh, pass it in to get to committee 
to get further debate, to highlight mm. the need more, and then uh, and then ultimately to to uh, hopefully bring the bill into law when uh, when the final vote happens at some point, um, relatively soon. So, uh, and that maybe that's the other thing to underscore with this bill is it's it's uh, there's a lot of MPs that put forward bills. You know, we've all done that, um, mm. but a lot of those bills don't necessarily see the time of day. Um, yeah, right. I was going to mention with, with the, private member bills the is timing, that timing. they tend to um, private member bills do tend to, um, especially ones from the Senate. Of course, you're not in the Senate, but just just as a as a reference, they do tend to die often, um, at least from what I've seen. Uh, so but hopefully that's not the case for this one. And actually, you are hitting on on a point on a question that I do. I did put down later is that do you uh, believe that the bill will pass? Of course, like, do you believe that? And and what reason would other party members, like members from the liberals or the conservatives, what reason would they have not voting for this bill other than, you know, the typical conservatives don't like indigenous people and, you know, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it, it, it's um, so we don't know yet where where um, we've certainly received encouraging messages, inclu mm -hmm. including from actually the federal minister of infrastructure. We're okay, now in good. the midst of. Um, yeah. Uh, and, and I would say I would say uh, some of the comments we've we've heard, including from from the government side, are premised in the fact that the Canada Infrastructure ba Bank uh, is a failure. Right. That it mm -hmm, hasn't yeah. delivered for Canadians. Right. And so what we're saying is, is here's a problem. Let's fix it to meet, uh, you know, the, the the crisis of our time, right? And right. Um, uh, so, solution oriented, right? Progress, uh, you know, a, a a proactive, progressive solution to what we're facing, and uh, you know, and we're certainly aware of of um, various ideologies. I mean, you mentioned the conservatives. I mean, mm. uh, whether it's the denial of climate change, whether it's it's uh, you know their overt and covert racism vis-a-vis -vis indigenous peoples and communities yep, right. uh, whether it's it's uh you know their own love affair with uh, triple p's and and uh private investment um but what's interesting is that there have also been conservatives that come out on the record talking about the failure of the infrastructure bank uh, okay. there are also okay. conservatives including for example the conservative that represents Lytton bc who's up mm. in parliament talking about uh, the devastating impact of the wildfires on Lytton, right? A community that was burnt mm -hmm. to the ground, right? And so, so you clearly have some, and, and, and the need, you know, to, to, to finish that off and, and the need for the federal government to step in to support the community in terms of infrastructure, right? So you have MPs that I think are, are, are realizing that, that first of all, climate change doesn't pick and choose, uh, that uh, the solutions at our disposal are completely inadequate and yep. uh, and we better get moving fast. So uh, I'm also very much hoping that that, you know, MPs here in Manitoba will will realize the need to act, you know, from all parties. I mean, we had record forest fires um, this uh, this this past summer. Um, you know, they deeply impacted folks in Winnipeg, but we also know a number of First Nations were evacuated to mm. uh, were under long term evacuation. Um, you know, and and, uh, and and these communities have major infrastructure needs in terms of mitigation and, and uh, adaptation. And so, oh, for so this sure. Really, uh, right. This is about for indigenous all of us people, and, you know, and it shouldn't be about uh, uh, it shouldn't be about parties. And and but just to qualify it, I mean, you know, if we're going to talk about the fight against climate change, it is it is, it requires collective solutions. And one right. of the greatest uh, tools we have at our disposable disposal is 
collective action through public ownership. Uh, and that yes. is something that um, we in the NDP, obviously that's core to what we believe in, um, mm. but time is, is running out. And, and, uh, uh, and I would hope that, that MPs from other parties would recognize that this is the direction we need to be going into. I mean, this yep. was a crown corporation created by the liberals. Uh, mm. So they believe in part in, in, in public ownership, but, but obviously, do you think, well, do you think that you know, because they created the infrastructure bank, they are less likely to admit that it has been a failure so far and they may not be up for the amendment? Yeah, I mean, they uh, it's interesting. We, we have though heard heard some, some critical comments. Uh, mm-hmm. So so it seems like, um, you know, they've they've caught on to the to the uh, <laughs> growing uh disenchantment with the bank uh, yeah. and and are reflecting that to a certain extent. I mean, our, our bill also uh, uh, also makes amendments around governance, requiring Indigenous representation on the board, which wasn't even a thing. I mean, mm. which you know, was a, actually a question that was I was going to ask you about is yeah, um, yeah. is how would having Indigenous that was something that I thought would just already be. Yeah, um, that would just make sense. Right. Because there right. um one the the peoples that are most affected by this because they already lack the infrastructure. They need that built initially in order to even like end the bo- uh, boil water uh, advisories and such in their communities mm-hmm. and build uh, roads up to the communities. So when uh, stuff does hit the fan, uh, they're able to evacuate efficiently and not uh, endanger their own lives. So I, what I was going to ask is, is um so how do you think having the indigenous inuit and metis representatives on the board of directors how would that you know specifically have an impact on uh, a positive impact on the this uh, canadian infrastructure bank like what changes do we might see uh in how they're uh, behaving you know the bank mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. well I, first of all I, I think it's it's uh it's absolutely critical that that uh, you know exactly as you pointed out uh we know Indigenous communities, First Nations, Inuit, Métis communities face by, you know, clearly the, the greatest infrastructure deficit in the country. You know, we talk about third world housing conditions. We talk about uh, uh, the lack of clean water. Uh, we talk about, uh, uh, you know, inadequate schools, uh, health centers. Right. And so the idea that you have, again, a crown corporation called the Canada Infrastructure Bank that has no explicit commitment to Indigenous communities, including in terms of its governance, is ludicrous. Mm-hmm. Right? right. With all the I talk agree. of reconciliation. Right. With all of that, you know, partnership. It's just it's just not even now if you see some of their PR, they, they talk about it. But yeah. uh, I mm-hmm. mean, it's talk all PR. Is cheap. Who, yeah. Right. Exactly. Like <laughs> yeah. who's around yeah. the table. So. Uh, so we're we're certainly we've um, uh, we we've certainly uh, are that's the key area that we're pushing. Uh, we in the bill we're saying that there needs to be one person representing First Nations, one representing the Métis communities, one representing Inuit communities, uh, and uh, and obviously with the hopes that uh, that they will uh, play a key role in driving the infrastructure agenda. Right. Okay. Yeah, that would be that would be nice to see. Um, especially because their communities do need the help the most, as as we mentioned before. Um, Derek, did you want to say something? Uh, yeah. Well, I honestly, I think that one of the biggest parts of uh, this specific uh, bill that you're putting forward is that uh, both uh, people on the left, uh, more libertarian people on the right, and your average liberals have all seen that this uh, infrastructure bill has uh, the original one has not worked. 
the infrastructure very bank. obvious. The bank. Yeah, yeah. The, the bank, sorry. <laughs> it's, it's pretty mm-hmm. obvious. Uh, Trudeau and the Liberals have made promises and they can't keep them. And it seems like pretty easy promises to... Um, to like follow uh through on like mm. ending boil um boil water, water advisories yeah that seems like mm. that should already been done 20 30 40 years ago they got 70 percent, and then they're like yeah. yeah we couldn't make the we couldn't make the cut so and we've, uh, we're not gonna we've try talked it's about like... it on the podcast again and like i was talking with um uh, my manager at work actually and he's a little bit more of the libertarian um uh side of it the um right libertarian mm-hmm. uh ideology and he was saying like this is ridiculous like uh these uh people that uh we call canadians don't even have the basic needs for survival it's ridiculous that we can't even get them that mm. and we're um yeah. uh and trudeau was talking about how great of a bill uh this was going to be all he was promising all these things and he just can't follow through on them mm. yeah yeah so and then the other people are uh, with- are frustrated with it yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, my goodness, you know, we're one of the wealthiest countries in the world and we can't even yeah. deliver clean water to uh, to the first peoples. Like, it's just absolutely shameful. And then when you bring the climate change piece in, I mean, you know, what everybody has said, certainly in, in, in progressive science based circles, is that when it comes to climate change, we are we are absolutely in the phase where where we need to be focused on mitigation. Right. Mm-hmm. And, um, uh, you know, to this day, there are still four communities in, in the far north of our province that run on diesel. Right. Everything right. Uh, runs on on diesel, mm-hmm. um, uh, heating, electricity. Right. I mean, uh, and, and actually, I was very honored that the chief of Shamatawa, Chief Eric Redhead, who is who represents one of the First Nations that, again, re- is reliant 100 percent on diesel, you know, mm-hmm. talked about it. he said, we don't want to be burning dirty diesel to survive, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and, and it's crazy. They, they're literally they live in a province that is is powered by hydropower. Right. But but uh, our governments haven't found the political will uh, to make the investments uh, to to ensure that Shimato and the three other communities are connected to greener energy. Uh, right. And, and, and more sustainable energy. And if you look further north, right, Nunavut is entirely reliant on diesel mm-hmm. um, uh, in uh, in uh, the Northwest Territories. There are 33 mm-hmm. communities uh, that, that run on diesel uh, and there's some uh, combinations there in terms of hydroelectric. But, you know, for, for the north, uh, you know, the, the people would I mean, and, and this is the irony here. Right. People are, are, are feeling climate change in, in very real ways. These are also communities where elders, trappers, advocates, leaders have been sounding the alarm on climate change for years now. And uh, and they're saying, we want to be part of the solution. Like, let's do this, you know? Yeah. Let's mm. make the transition to green energy. You know, let's make the investments so that our infrastructure is, is uh, you know, so that we're reducing our carbon footprint. Mm. And... Uh, um, you know, in many cases, Winnipeg with the provincial government or or the federal government in Ottawa, just uh, it's like out of sight, out of mind. And so mm-hmm. what we're saying through this bill is, is you know, again, we don't have time to waste. Uh, th- let there be focus on, on communities that need this help most. We're certainly not mm-hmm. saying it should be exclusive to northern and indigenous communities. A- any and all communities across the country, including rural communities, should be able to apply for funding. But let's recognize that certain communities are have already been are already paying the price and need help now. Uh, and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we're certainly hoping that um, 
enough MPs from different parties will will realize that mm. uh, uh, will join us in the NDP and 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 realize that uh, uh, this is the kind of solution and this is the kind of tool that we need in the fight against climate change. Right, and, and you know, actually, something that that you mentioned there about how you know this phase of of climate change we're in it's it's like the enemy's at the gates you know and this is a very dire situation yeah and that leads into um sort of into one of the questions that i had tabled here before uh when it comes to just the ndp in general um uh you know there's the green party and the green party basically supports majority of the ndp's uh, you know policies at least from what what we've seen and and we always thought you know why I don't know if there's been attempts at this before, but but for those parties to perhaps merge or make a temporary, you know, because um, sort of like how this is the Saskatchewan party in uh, in Saskatchewan, right? The Liberals and Conservatives were gotten beaten so badly by the mm. NDP that they they fused together, and so I, I'm wondering why has that been attempted before, or uh, is that something that's possibly in the cards? Um, Just to help uh, strengthen, like the um, get the votes. Base. Yeah, strengthen the vote of the left, so the left has a uh, more influence uh, in the overall uh, parliament. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I would say, you know, I I, um, I, I do think that that uh, a goal of the NDP needs to be to reconnect with our our uh, our roots, which was mm-hmm. in building uh, movements and uh, connecting with movements, whether mm-hmm. it's it's social movements, the labor movement. Um, you know, that that is where our strength comes from. And, uh, you know, and, and I, uh, uh, I mean, he's not NDP, although he has said if he was in Canada, he'd vote NDP. Um, you know, I, I think a lot about I'm inspired a lot by the politics of Bernie Sanders, um, yeah, who, uh, mm-hmm. uh, who who really embodies uh, the need for progressive politicians and, and political uh, movements to take their direction from from movements on the ground, right? Mm-hmm. And I remember being at a rally with him, um, uh, or his rally, I guess, a number of yeah. years ago, um, <laughs> when he was running for president first time, and uh, and and he shared this quote that I I found so inspiring and just uh, just incredible that a, like a leading political figure would say something. I like, so said, you know, when when the people lead, the leaders follow. Uh, right. And, um, you know, and, and to me, uh, there are moments where the NDP has lost sight of that, uh, you know, and I, I really, uh, I think that we uh, we've, mm. we've seen. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yes. sometimes. I mean, this is a whole other episode to talk about. Yeah. It, but, but I, right, I, I think, you know, great strength has come when, when we've, when, um, you know, when we, when we work closely with movements, when we are inspired, uh, guided, right, by the work of, of movements on the ground. and. Um, you know, and so I, I do think it's important to engage with so many folks that uh, that that you know may vote may have voted green, may not have voted. Um, mm-hmm. You know, to bring them on board uh, and uh, and and together, um, you know, build a kind of progressive, bold agenda that uh, that we desperately need. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I will say that certainly the last few years, uh, the, the 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 Green Party is has. Um, uh, I mean, it's it's uh, take on, for example, international issues like Israel Palestine was extremely disturbing, um, mm-hmm. right? And and uh, um, you know, and I think yeah, to me that um, did oh, did you hear me? No, 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 yeah, we heard you, but but I was just trying to recall what the what the specific take that they did that they had, but 
Oh, well, that's not the, necessarily, the, that's not necessarily the, important. You know, I don't want to get into that's a big can of worms. That's a big can of worms. And, and yeah. so to me, it, it um, you know, it, it's, it's important that, that we be guided by values of, of, well, principles of, of, of social justice, environmental and economic justice here at mm-hmm. home and around yep. the world. Right. And, and, uh, um, you know, and I'm, I'm not sure where the Green Party is at formally now, but, uh, but I think it is critical for the NDP uh, to, um, take stock of the fact that there's a lot yep. of people, a lot of young people, right? Millennials, mm-hmm. Gen Zers, who are are saying, you know, we have got major crises going on, including right now, uh, mm-hmm. the uh, the invasion of, of Ukraine by Russia, uh, right. the way in which that is being twisted around the politics of fossil fuels, right? And, mm-hmm. and, uh, and how that uh, fuels insecurity and climate change. Uh, yeah. around uh, around the world right and uh, but 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 quite quite honestly I think it's uh, it's incumbent on us in the NDP um, to uh, uh, to really uh, commit to, to doing that work on the ground in our communities and, and working with movements uh, to uh, to really put forward again a, a bold vision that's that's absolutely necessary for our country and our world mm-hmm. and and you know what you mentioned there about about creating movements, um, uh, something that I would like to see, um, I don't know if it's like, I don't know if there's some like legal reason why they can't, but like the provincial party and the federal party, like in my district here in, um, uh, the West of Winnipeg, uh, during our provincial party, we had a lot of people out, out, um, uh, a lot of volunteers, a lot of, uh, you know, things in mailboxes and stuff and a lot of lawn signs, but it came, came around the federal election. They're all gone. And I'm just wondering, like, what happened to those email lists, you know, those those participants that happened during the provincial, like, should they not work with the federal party should work with the provincial party and get like the, you know, maybe uh, ask the the same volunteers for those campaigns that just seemed like a almost like a no brainer thing that that could easily be leveraged, right? That that and uh, um, vice versa with federal helping um, provincial uh, provincial because Mm -hmm. like, again, with um, in the recent election that just happened. My, one of my biggest fears was that the conservatives would get in and then they're just one step further to being able to act, actually um, change the Constitution of Canada with the amount of conservative uh, oh, right. leaders, premiers, like yeah. premiers uh, in Canada. Mm-hmm. And that was the biggest scare for me. And so mm-hmm. luckily they didn't get in power. Unfortunately, there wasn't much uh, shift in power either. So yeah, shift yeah. in yeah. the seats, but yeah. So, so what about yeah, that, I mean, that, that suggestion? I uh, I mean I absolutely think that that uh, provincial and federal sections you know should 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 be working in in tandem. Um, the lists are in, are common, uh, um, but uh, but obviously you know I think maybe things are a bit different. I know certainly here in the north we work very closely with our provincial counterparts. Um, uh, you know I think that that collaboration is is critical. Um, and I think we just, we need to remind ourselves as well that, uh, I mean, there's so much at stake if, if, uh, if we're not working together for a common vision, right. I mean, it, mm, it's, right. uh, not just winning for winning's sake, but, but, uh, uh, you know, in the case of the NDP here in Manitoba, uh, winning, uh, to, to, to change people's lives for the better. Right. Yeah, right. And, and, uh, you know, and I think that that's really also where the federal NDP is at, you know, I mean, 
uh, certainly we're running with the idea that that we we would like to govern at some point um, yeah, we but, would love uh, to see that yeah mm-hmm. right yeah and and uh but you know it, it's sort of here in in, uh, in 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 manitoba we know the difference an ndp government can make uh mm-hmm. and so uh let's let's push on all fronts right at all levels and to be quite honest we're also now seeing you know what what kind of conservative power from manitoba looks like at the national level and yeah. it's frightening mm-hmm. Right. I mean, we have Candace Bergen, who anybody that knows, you know, conservative oh, she, she used to live uh, in her district. I, I still <laughs> live in her district. Yeah. She's come to my house uh, canvassing and stuff. I like I'm so sorry. I, I, you know, I <laughs> we all have friends in, in Portage La Prairie and we're always yeah. like, oh, right. But but I mean, you know, this she she's she's not holding back. Right. And nope. and uh um, you know, and it's interesting because for, for me, I mean, now this is Manitoba talk, like it was so familiar what she was saying nationally. I was like, absolutely. If you're from Portage representing that riding with, with the kind of support you get, you would say stuff like that. And mm. including may I add the way in which the PPC uh, came in second in her in her district. Right. Yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. But, uh, but it's also a message to us that that our work is cut out for us in provinces like Manitoba. Right. You know, uh, um, and, and, and the answer isn't to become uh more centrist or more right wing it's mm-hmm. uh it's to really uh be to, to put forward a progressive alternative for folks in our province and frankly a province that that knows what good can come from public ownership that knows mm-hmm. what happens when people work collectively that knows what it means to work in partnership with indigenous communities in ways mm-hmm. that lifts everybody up right and uh and so um you know i i really uh I, I do look forward to, to, to us doing uh, well provincially, I hope, in terms mm-hmm. of, of government, uh, but also federally as well, because, uh, I mean, we, we know the, the options are, are pretty grim federally between, between the Conservatives, as we're seeing under Candace Bergen, and even the, the Liberals under Trudeau. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you basically answered all I'm going to ask with that one. So much to say. And, yeah. and ending off with Candace Bergen, my goodness, yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, we do. Uh, yeah, we talk a lot about um, conservatives here and how much uh, how much we disagree with them. We just like so, them. Yeah. Just like them a lot. Uh, especially the truckers. Truckers was a big one. That was a truckers big. Was uh, a, that was scary. Um, like frightening. when they brought guns, the Albertan yeah. one. Yeah. Oh Jesus. It, yeah. I I think it was actually really well um, planned out though. Like the way they uh, planned the whole protest, mm-hmm. uh, the steps that they took to actually um, affect uh, Canadian um, industries and uh, the economy, the Canadian economy and stuff, it was almost masterful. And that is the, that's the biggest scare. I would love honestly. to see if if uh, a leftist coalition, because unfortunately, you know, big grassroots organizations or at least you know leftist organizations that are even more extreme but more likely to get out there. Uh, they base hard to find them in Canada. And if we had one that would, I don't know, if we had one to shut down the city of Ottawa like these truckers did, except, you know, n- minus the the harassing of the residents there and yeah. all the terrible things. But if they were able to do something like that in the favor of getting uh, un- universal pharmacare or getting uh, universal mm. tuition or one of those wonderful things, then maybe we would actually see, you know, uh, something along those lines. Yeah. But like, like perhaps in the, in the style of... Uh, the general strike in Manitoba mm. in nineteen ninety yeah. Like that, right. yeah. Like that was that was effective, right? Mm. Yeah, collective action and and uh, you know civil disobedience with a 
intention intended goal. I mean, I, I do think that, you know, the left, uh, yeah, there are various examples uh, and obviously, you know, more recently of indigenous resistance that is, mm-hmm. that is true. Absolutely made a difference. Very true. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, you know, and I, I think that, uh, you know, I mean, the, the stakes are high in terms of, of the issues that we're facing, which is right. The rise of the far right, growing economic inequality, uh, the, the climate emergency that we're all facing. And so I do hope that, uh, that, that, and I know that there is organizing afoot to see how we can grapple with these challenges in a bigger way. Um, but quite honestly, I think what we also learned from, from what happened in Ottawa, and absolutely, I agree with you, this is, this was, this was not ad hoc, this was coordinated. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, and we know that since things were shut down, it was also, there was documentation that disclosed that they were aiming to, to occupy Ottawa. They used the word occupy, yeah. which mm-hmm. unlike the nasty Facebook messages I got that said, this was all just friendly people hanging out. Um, <laughs> the, the organizers were very clear with their intentions, right? Oh, hundred um, percent. Yeah. Right. But I, I think what we also saw is, is the double standard from police and uh, political yes. leaders. Oh, right? very much where, so. Oh my God. Where, you know, I mean, n- nobody who's Brown, black, I- indigenous, um, hmm. uh, you know, would, would be allowed for, you know, even a few minutes without without no. getting shut down uh, or threatened whatever to be shut down and mm-hmm. uh, and this was this um uh, this situation was was aided and abetted uh and it was it was very much as and, and, and you pointed it out premised on on harassment and intimidation frankly abuse of citizens which mm-hmm. which is is not what you know the left uh believes in right i mean right. um our, our fellow citizens are are um are our friends right and, and we we look to build solidarity uh, mm-hmm. and really the the uh the the goal here is is to uh um to to get the rich and powerful to change course and to transform the systems that uh, um you know that that are in place that hold people back right and and mm. uh you know and it's it's um I think it was a real wake up call. I mean, for, for a lot of reasons and, and including for those of us here in, in, well, actually, you know what I would say for those of us here in Manitoba, a number of us for some time have been saying the rise of the far right is, is very much an issue in our yeah. community. I mean, they were flying swastikas right? at the Ottawa, uh, um, at the, um, Ottawa protest. Yeah. And that is just, uh, I mean, that's very frightening, especially after January 6th last year. Um, we were also yeah, very spooky, yeah. even though it was a different country. We could definitely see something like that bleeding over, at least sort of the. Well, I felt 100%. that. hundred uh-huh. percent. Yeah, like but I it, felt. I home. felt the terror from uh, that uh, the U.S. was facing. I'm just like, well, they got um, so close, and they were almost able to uh, get into the. Yeah, if the military uh, supported, it would have been a full day, full on coup d'état. Well, exactly, and then yeah. uh, who's right and on the doorstep? That's what they us. Yeah, right. Yeah, that's hundred percent what they wanted. But 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 a lot of this is absolutely, you know, I mean, we know financially as well, supported by 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 Trump's movement in in the states and and Trump's supporters. But it's but but we also can't deny that it's also homegrown. Right. I mean, that that guy that left from the Swan River area to go in and uh, with the intention of of essentially uh, assassinating Justin Trudeau. Right. A couple of years ago, (laughs) um, you know, and and uh, and and was obviously uh, shut down. Um, I mean, he, he came from our province. Right. And, yeah, and, uh, right. um, and you know, it's, this isn't well known, but there was a go, go fund me set up for his family where they talked about him being a, a hero. And I, actually, I don't know if it was GoFundMe, but there was a, there was an, there was a, a, a fundraiser. I shouldn't say it was GoFundMe, but there was a fundraiser mm-hmm. set up for his family. And like Kyle Rittenhouse uh, and, style and, and kind I remember, of. Yeah. 
What's that? Like like Kyle Rittenhouse kind of. Like that kind of yeah, thing. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And there was people talking about what a hero he was. And, and there was others saying, don't judge his motives. Right. And uh, and, and uh, I, I just I found it just shocking. Right. And, mm, and uh, I remember sharing it with some folks. Right. And, and uh, you know, a lot of these <laughs> these folks that went to the border, right, whether it was Emerson or even Ottawa, um, they came from provinces like ours, right? It wasn't just right. Ontario folks, right? It was mm-hmm. it was also a fair number of folks from from Western Canada, and and I think mm-hmm. that you know back to to your question of the work that we need to be doing on the ground is uh, is also internal, right, within our communities, um, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, and how we can we build solidarity around the the common struggles that we're facing, uh, right, and and uh, uh, you know, uh, particularly. The, the, the struggles in, in terms of, of inequality, right? And, and the, the kind of mm-hmm. challenges that, that working people are facing, um, the kind of challenges that, that Indigenous communities are facing, that immigrant communities are facing, right? And, uh, um, you know, and I, I, yeah, we have a lot of work to be done here, um, but not to reach too far. I mean, really, I would say that this, this bill is also inspired by the very, the, the very real desire for communities, certainly that, that I have the honor of representing, but a lot of Manitoba communities that are saying, um, we we want to be part of the solution, right? Mm-hmm. We want to, to improve lives right here, right now. We want to tackle climate change. So let's work together in, in doing that. And, uh, and and to me, that's uh, that's a critical way, particularly through public ownership, to get at mm-hmm. the kind of inequality that we're facing, to get at, at the kind of crises we're facing. And, uh, you know, and, it, and it's a hopeful way forward. Right. And and wonderful. Uh, we love the bill that you've yep. proposed and, and the amendments you made. I love reading it and just seeing, like, I just love seeing that. Yeah, removing yeah. the private sector <laughs> investor. I was like, yeah, get them yeah. out of there. And, and you know, <laughs> and, and, and we like the term public ownership. It's very similar to another phrase we like, which is worker ownership. Yeah. Um, but uh but yeah we you have been great at answering all our questions yep and um we hope this bill passes and and we're very thankful that you that you're you. the one who tabled the bill yeah um so awesome. manitoba proud <laughs> oh, right on. Yeah. yeah thanks so much guys uh, it's such a thrill to now that i know that you're based in manitoba such a thrill yeah. to uh to mm. connect with you and i i look forward to to connecting further this is um uh it's coming up for its first hour of debate beginning of april the okay. first vote will likely be in in may so then we'll know okay. if, if um the bill dies or if it goes to committee and then uh uh if it goes to committee obviously that would take us into the fall so there's mm. more to stay tuned um and if i could pitch your listeners um please uh, add your name show your support by adding your name to a, a online petition that we have it's on our website also on all of our social media uh and mm-hmm. uh and then once we get your email as well we can uh, keep you posted on the campaign we're actually doing a series of roundtables in two days we're doing a roundtable with uh, communities from nunavut we're also going to be doing from northwestern ontario um uh northwest territories so we're mm-hmm. taking this across the country in person and on zoom uh, of course, but uh, mm-hmm. in person is given, uh, you know, in, is the, the, some of the restrictions are lifting. So obviously in safe ways, we do want to get out and, and uh, talk to, to folks about this bill. Um, yeah. And if listeners have any questions or want to know how they can get further involved, please let us know. But seriously, if you have an MP that is not NDP, because the NDP, all the NDP MPs are supporting it. Um, mm, if you have an MP who is liberal, conservative or green, 
uh, I guess a block if you're in Quebec, um, mm. please let them know that you want them to vote for this bill because it's ultimately mm. uh, the vote of call them. parliament. Like, like call, call them. them. Don't yeah. email them. Yeah. Don't yeah, email them. So email. Yeah. yeah, I mean, email them too, but call them absolutely. That is definitely shows extra effort. Uh, mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, we're also encouraging p- folks uh, um, when we're working with uh, some, some climate justice uh, activists as well, um, mm-hmm. requesting meetings with MPs. You know, if, if uh, mm-hmm. I think especially if it's an MP that, that, you know, talks about caring about climate change. Great. You know, here's their chance to show it. Right. Uh, so so we're certainly asking folks to not just show their support for the bill, but also reach out to MPs. Because especially with private members' bills, usually it's, uh, like I said, a free vote. Uh, so mm-hmm. MPs uh, tend to decide whether or not uh, they'll, they'll support a bill, particularly in that in that first vote that would allow it to go to committee. And look, the end of the day here is what we want is, is uh, well, what we really want is system change. Uh, but uh, um, but we, we also want to change the conversation uh, away from uh, sort of this hopeless uh, 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 you know, reality that, that we're facing also away from, from the lofty kind of PR that we're hearing from, from the liberals around being climate champions. And we want to make the conversation very real, tangible. Here are the solutions we can take using public ownership to support our communities in the fight against climate change. So Mm. thank you so much for being part of, uh, part of getting that word out there and pushing for change. Wonderful. And we we would always love to have you back on. Um, Yes, of course. So, yeah, it was fantastic. That. Wonderful. Well, awesome. uh, I hope you have a good rest of your day, and I hope uh, I hope the the bill and the rest of your promotion for the bill goes as well too. Awesome. Thank okay. you so much, guys. Yeah. Thank Take you. Care. All right. Yeah. You too. Have, have a good work. one. Thank you. Bye. 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 All right. So we just finished the interview. <laughs> that was that actually was... absolutely fantastic. I thought that was great. Um, she was a good sport. She answered all the questions. Uh, fantastic. We love what she's doing. It's very rare for politicians <laughs> to do that. Um, and yeah. she, when he gave her a question, she just kept going. Yeah. Well, in a good way, in a good way, in a very good way, you know, no, uh, that, that was a really interesting, um, conversation. I, first time I've actually sat down and talked with the MP about politics. I mean, I mentioned, um, you met Candice Bergen. I, well, door. yeah, I, we talked about that afterwards. We uh, uh, chatted for a couple minutes after the uh, podcast about that. After but, the recording was over, right? Yeah. Um, no, I, I mentioned that, yeah, Candace Bergen has canvassed at my fucking doorstep. <laughs> yeah, at your doorstep. <laughs> so I've met her, and she's come to the school and uh, spoke at our uh, local high school. And it was... Um, odd. Odd. Because I, did, I wasn't really that into politics at the time. Um, I knew that I was not conservative and I did not like her, um, but I was not like the anarchist, if you will. You're uh, not an anarchist, today. though. You don't. I'm not really you shit an on me for saying anarchist. I larp stuff. as an anarchist, but you you hate me for saying anarchist things. I'm, yeah, I'm because it will get you go, put in jail. What do you mean? I we just gotta said, cut this part. We order, gotta cut this part. Order, no, that was a. Uh, I had a great time, and I hope she uh, comes back on, and I hope we can um uh when she comes to Manitoba and does um talk. She lives here, in Manitoba or not Manitoba, <laughs> Winnipeg. Sorry, um, I'm now drinking sake. I had a great time, is what I'm trying to say, and uh, I, I really too. appreciate uh, Nikki coming on, and yeah, hopefully she'll come on again. That was fantastic. So, yeah, of course, yeah. Anytime she wants to be on the podcast, we'll we'll make time for it. It was fantastic. Hell yeah.
Okay, yeah. uh, let's start the regular program. This is the regular program. <laughs> Our regular shit. Yeah, after, after the interview, this is just going to be the, the pod. Anyways, so, uh, Ukraine is dead. Whoa. Actually, I'd like to start this off by saying, last time I was on the podcast, I said some pretty crazy things like, Russia say? will never oh, invade yeah. Ukraine. A hundred percent, they will never invade Ukraine, because it is stupid. I said, and then I said, Russia's going to invade Ukraine, bro. It's just going to happen. Did you say that? Yes, during the podcast. I was like, yeah, dude, it's going to be Russian bullets, Okay, dude. well, if you did, I was put capping. the clip right here. I'll, okay. okay, I'll do it. World War Three. It's not happening. It's not going to be a world war. I will guarantee you. You sure about that? This is a Derek guarantee that there's not going to be a world war. Anyways, World War Three is going to break out. Were you capping? I was capping when I said it. When I said it on the podcast. Mm-hmm. I wasn't being a hundo. Okay. But I don't give a fuck. Well, I'm sorry. Okay. I'm so standing by what I said. Capping or no capping. I'm standing by what I said. I'm just apologizing about how definite I was saying that. <laughs> how for. fucking wrong you um, were. I, mean, I honestly, was saying. Honestly, any sane person would be wrong about this because this was not a sane move. This was, was not a, a sane move. move. This was so stupid. <laughs> it was so stupid. Okay. So my uh, rationale uh, coming to that was Putin's smart. He understands that if he invades a Ukraine, he's stepping on NATO's toes. He's starting to escalate in a massive way, risking World War III, which will kill Putin and the rest of the world. But Putin first. So it's uh, not like he's going to be able to uh, win that war. He'll just get on his horseback without a shirt on and ride off in the and, sunset. It'll be yeah, fine. Okay, fair enough. But like, it's, it didn't make sense economically. It didn't make sense politically. Well, he, it was a gamble. It, it's isolating him. It from was a gamble. Putin. But I am a stupid... Canadian citizen commenting on Putin's actions as a political leader being like that's stupid bro that's mega cringe what are you doing and he goes no it's not mega cringe and he goes and does it and everybody's like bro that's mega cringe he goes no it's not mega cringe spy chief now, shits his pants he's fucked now his he's spy fucked. chief shat his pants and that's exactly when Putin knew I have to invade Ukraine yeah when his spy chief was shitting his pants i was um, like okay it would make sense when you're talking about uh like foreign policy right yeah you gotta take into account the past the history and uh what has happened in this uh history See, here's something i gotta point of, out though well wait wait till i'm done my uh point here no no you gotta take into account uh the history of similar events the history uh that this particular nation has taken in um past events uh in a similar nature mm-hmm. and what the political ramifications of um their actions would be if they do take them so my analysis here was that what they did in georgia what they did in crimea they were just going to do in Don- in the donbass region and they were just going to annex those territories which would make sense and they wouldn't have been um um sanctioned so hard and they would have still been able to keep relations with the rest of the world. That's what I'm. What I was gonna say is that if you look at the past, 2008 with uh, Georgia, and then 2014 with the the uh, Crimea, that Putin so far had made the right calculations in taking and expanding and taking this territory. And we then had the he same, fucked up. <laughs> fucked up. Well, back then we had the same rhetoric, like, "Oh, Putin's going to take over Ukraine. Oh, Putin's going to do this. Putin's going to do that." That was the fear. That. But Crimea is a little bit of a different situation. If you look at the history of Crimea. 
Well, you and look at the history of the whole entirety of Ukraine. No, it's different for the Crimean region. It's okay. actually, Crimean region is actually more close to Russia. Oh, yeah. 99, like 95% of Russian speakers there. If you look at the, the fucking, um, if you look at the, they had a referendum and the referendum was majority in support of becoming part of Russia, but it was disregarded. Um, if you look at the history of that region, honestly, it's Turkish. <laughs> a lot of it is Turkish, to be honest. Well, everybody's Turkish if we're going to account for the Ottoman Empire. In that region, yes. Yeah. But there's a lot of uh, Turkish stuff in there. But <laughs> anyways, Crimea, and then even after they took it, uh, if you look at favorability in that region, is still higher. That they're, that they're okay with being a part of Russia. So, you know... I mean, that's fair, um, but, but you can still make the same argument that they're doing a very similar thing in, um, uh, in the Donbass region. In the Donbass? No, but here's the thing. In, uh, they took the Donbass Crimea. region vis-a-vis -a, -vis a civil war that they definitely provided the weapons and shit for. Weapons yeah, it was that they couldn't a little have bit gotten more, by themselves. It was themselves. a little bit more Americanized, you know. Proxy war kind of deal. Yeah. And they were supporting that side, and then they took the Donbass region, mostly the largest urban centers, like, uh, uh, in the Donbass region, uh, were taken by the uh, rebels. So, you know, but that was a bloody conflict. What was it, 12,000 people have died? Yeah, and it's in, been in raging that, for a that? long time. Or it was 40,000 people? It was something really high. I don't know. It was, far, I don't it was know a the lot exact of numbers, but died. it's a lot of people. And, uh, but the jump from that step to full all-out invasion, uh, he made a gamble. He, he gambled that. Huge gamble. Economic uh, the consequences for the Russian Federation wouldn't be as severe as they turn out to be, and they have been severe. Severe. They've been insane, bro. And actually, I gotta. I'm gonna see if I can find the demographic. Well, they're. Uh, what's the their dollar video. called again? The ruble. The ruble. Yeah, the ruble fell to below a cent. We're covering below a lot of stuff American I already covered. Cents. We were covering a lot of stuff I already covered. In my it's solo. Insane. My solo. Episode? Well, I wasn't here and I didn't watch it. Why so didn't you watch it? <laughs> see, this is what I'm saying, bro. This motherfucker. He's a special guest too. He's a special guy from the Call okay. Raider podcast. Uh, Fuck off. Do we search up Ukraine invasion? No, map. keep talking. Keep talking. Keep keep saying the word. Yeah, so anyways, I Come. that was a very um uh, how should I say it? Hassan take. What? Me saying that they will 100% not invade Ukraine. Uh, because I was like, uh, it's, it's just political, like propaganda, westernized propaganda and red scare shit. Right. I mean, Russia doing this is bad is a hundred percent bad, but I was just like, yeah, that is the fear mongering is all just uh, Western propaganda, which is what Hassan was uh, talking about. Now, another, uh, content creator that I also follow very closely is, uh, Vosh, which I could probably get canceled over. Anyways, he was a hundred percent right on it. And I was like, when... Russia wasn't invading. I was just like, bro, that's cringe. Why are you so like for this invasion? No, he's Why? not for it, but he thinks it's going to happen. Yeah, he thinks it's going to happen. Why is he like biting on this uh, westernized propaganda? And he turned out to be right. So I'm like, okay, well, Vosh is right yet again. L to his haters, I guess. But also L to me. <laughs> well basically what i was gonna say Anyways. is that i did see an invasion map okay and the invasion map had there's there's been a couple some are outdated because it's changing like daily this right? one is supposedly as of 9th march tomorrow this is tomorrow already for them 
but honestly, if you look at the troop movements, okay, it, in this region right here, if you're looking at cursor, yeah. 50% of the uh, Ukrainian military, or at least roughly so, is around this region. They were stationed there prior to the Russian invasion because they were fighting. Um, they were fighting uh, off the uh, civil war, you know, the Russian uh, independence movement mm -hmm. uh, that was occurring in this region. And so they're stationed there, and the Russians have almost fully encircled. They're pushing this way, right? They're pushing to entrap them. And once they're fully entrapped, they are fucked. That is 50% yeah, of the Ukrainian military that is going to be KIA. And also, big news was the the live near chernobyl event that we had to witness uh, live on youtube Derek, did yeah, you watch that on hassan did yeah, you watch that on hassan well i didn't watch it live but i watched like clips of it and i'm just like bro oh i was live so dude i was watching it live it was insane there was video capture from a uh the nuclear power plant the biggest one in europe 25 percent of all of ukraine Maybe real. I thought it was Chernobyl. They had already not. taken. If you look at the news, they already taken Chernobyl. Yeah, I way thought before. the fire was at Chernobyl. Though. No, no, that thing's been shut down for a long time. Chernobyl? Yeah. No, there's another uh, nuclear plant. There is. There not? No, but Chernobyl has been shut down since '99. Okay. And the and the nuclear t catastrophe happened in '84. Yeah. '82. Yeah, that was. But they a while fully ago. shut it down in '99. Okay. And that's above the capital, Kharkiv. So it's above the... It's like up here. And same with yeah, Pripyat. Yeah, yeah. Pripyat, the city that's around uh, the Chernobyl power plant also. It's a ghost town, of course, because yeah. of the radiation. But those all were taken like five days ago. Yeah, that, that was yeah. Old, old news. But um, the nuclear power plant that actually is functioning, 25% of Ukraine's power supplied by this nuclear power plant. And one of the reactors was punctured by an, a, a fucking... Was an artillery round? Had punctured one of the 10 reactors... And there was a fire going on in the administration building, and it was nuts. And I was watching it live, like, oh my god, like, are we gonna have this go down now? Like, is the is the uh, the command center? <laughs> is the go nukes down? going to be the nuclear power plant, not the fucking bomb? <laughs> is the, is the they're going to claim yeah. that as uh, the uh, uh, not nuke? Do you know what the clip channel you saw it on? Uh, there's a whole bunch. Just search up Hassan uh, nuclear plant under fire. Obviously, we were we were planning for the whole like interview thing. So, <laughs> like, literally verbatim. <laughs> it's crazy that uh, he's watching that on Twitch. Because I think I was watching um, Vosh at this point, and Vosh wouldn't watch it on a stream. I'm kidding. I gotta cut that. Um, <laughs> That's most most of his haters are like that too. So this is there was literally now. I support by invisibility. Do not, do not worry about this being a song stream. There was a YouTube stream that was uh, covering like the courtyard, the main area uh, of the nuclear reactor. It was just a live stream that was just going on. And so you could watch in real time as Russian vehicles pulled up and they started firing at the administration building because in that city, I think it was Myriad mm -hmm. or uh, whatever the name of the city was, Zaporizhia uh, nuclear power plant. Um, I don't know the exact city, but I think it was started with an M. And the Ukrainian forces had fallen back, fallen back to the plant, uh, and they hid in the administration building, which is to the right of where this view is. And you could see live, you know, Russian convoy pull up. They start firing. There's a fire going on. There's a literal fire. What the fuck is this? 
Jesus Christ? Yeah, that's a flare. That looks oh, like yeah. a flare. Okay. <laughs> you literally say the same thing as that. But there's a fire burning. At, there's a fire. And, like, you're just fucked. If there's a fire in a war zone at, like, an important thing like this, the administration building for, like, a nuclear power plant, like, what? The firefighters are going to show up and be like, hey, yo, pause the war. <laughs> I'm no, out. The, the uh, firefighters did show up and they shot at them. Yeah, at first, yes, because there was because here's the, where things get confusing. There's Russians outside. Yeah, Ukrainians are inside the building. Also, Russians have breached the building as well, and so there's fire at the fire trucks. Whether or not those are from Ukrainians or Russians, we don't know. We don't know because it could have been from either. It could have been uh, it could have been Russians who were like, oh fuck. Uh, sorry, it could have been Ukrainians who were like, oh fuck, it's more from the convoy. We got to shoot them. Hey, they're big and bright. An easy target for us to shoot at, but you know, not knowing that they were firefighters, and then, uh, and or maybe it could have been Russian forces thinking that maybe there were enemy reinforcements or something. But either way, eventually the firefighters did get to uh, taking out the fire thing. Yeah. Everybody was like, "Yo, dog, kind of don't want to die from radiation poisoning." So uh, let's take that, get rid of the fire. But that's just hilarious. Imagine being a fighter fighter deployed to a fire in a war zone. <laughs> you got two firefights going on then come on <laughs> you're a fucking uh volunteer firefighter <laughs> you're just getting you're fr- you're a criminal yeah you're like from the prisons yeah <laughs> you're forcing you to do that that's insane but that was frightening um if that if that did if radiation you know if, if there was a um a cooling pool failure and uh radiation was uh massively given off from the power plant they think it would be a, a 10 times the size of the chernobyl catastrophe because of how much larger this power plant is um, yeah that's terrifying but the russians did take it and they took another power plant as well um nuclear power plant i don't know why ukraine has so many fucking nuclear power plants to power their country but jesus christ what else do they have use coal like just like they are using coal I think it's 50-50 or somewhere uh, near that is they use 50% nuclear, 50% coal. Why don't they use green? Because they're not green. They're white. Okay, dude. All right, dude. All right, Hulk Stan. <laughs> Hulk Stan's over here fucking... Fuck green people. Fuck. <sighs> That's really Fuck racist. Fuck the Hulk. Dude. I have to cut that. That's I am racist up. towards green people. Also That's purple people. I'm a purple people eater. That was my favorite song as a kid. Disgusting. Um... If there are actually people that are considered purple in the world, uh, I do take that back. That was a joke. Anyways, um, so <laughs> nuclear catastrophe was averted, but now Russia has basically control over more than 25% of uh, Ukraine's power. So they could yeah. shut down the power grid and potentially cause a, a humanitarian catastrophe, but really defeat the morale and the fighting ability of the civilians who are, who are the militia, basically. That kind of feels back. like what they're doing. That what they're gonna do? Yeah, that that's what it feels like. I'm not making any concrete points because at this point, I don't know what the fuck is going on. I am not educated. And I am not qualified to be talking about this subject. But what it seems to me is that Russia is going in. They're taking the power plants. They're hitting the uh, important uh, points along the road mm-hmm. that would uh, crumple infrastructure and crumple um, morale and stuff like that. And like survival for these cities, and they're basically going to start starving them out, taking away their um, heat, taking away all their power, taking away their communication. Like that just seems like good um, tactics if you didn't give a fuck about human life in war. Yeah, you know, 
Uh, I'm just looking up the 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 live updates, and we got U.S. sending Patriot missiles to Poland to counter threats Patriot to allies. Muscles. Bro, what an American name! Only two batteries, only two Patriot missile batteries. How big are they? Let's search up. I what even is a Patriot missile? <laughs> I don't know. It's fucking some some Metal Gear Solid stuff. Oh, bro, oh. bro. Bruv. That's huge. <laughs> That's insane. Bruv. Yo, it looks like a Katusha. Yeah. That's basically like a like a modern day Katusha. Yo, that's what they fire? Man. That's insane. Anyways, but think about how big Poland is though. Only two of these, really, United States? Oh, they sent it to Poland, not Ukraine? Yeah. Okay, I guess that makes sense. Well, like, NATO countries don't want to be, like, going into uh, Ukraine right now because that'll start World oh, War III. Oh, big right? news, Kate. We're getting hurt at the pumps now, right? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> We're getting oh hurt at the pumps God. now. So immediately, <laughs> Biden's like, all right, hey, Venezuela. Sorry about the sanctions, bro. Let's just uh, repeal those sanctions. Ah! Let's just repeal those sanctions on Venezuela. Hey, yeah. you know, it was that easy. It was that easy to get rid of uh, the the crippling sanctions of Venezuela that they've Thank unfairly been putting on the country. God, and they're like, "Yo, dog, we can't be. That's too much." So that was great. That really shows you where uh, United States uh, um, uh, motives are. Um, they're scum. I hate them. I mean, at least Biden's like going about this in a very responsible right. and actually a good way and they actually went after energy though this is one of the yeah. big complaints though with their initial rounds of sanctions is that we were like okay if they're not going to hit energy they're not really hitting russia at all no they don't hit energy but the u.s has announced they're hitting energy not as big of a deal though if germany said they're going to hit energy if germany said they're going to hit energy germany is so uh dependent on russian energy though yeah i know they would they would crumple if they did that that's why they can't they're already taking a huge hit by canceling that uh, uh, oil pipeline that they um, uh, were building with the Russians. Uh-huh. Taking a huge hit. I mean, even Canadians here are talking about the Keystone Pipeline being uh, canceled. And they're very angry about it because if we had that, we'd have a little bit more oil and we'd, the prices would be a little bit farther down. Maybe, but I don't I know, I don't man. know about that. What are the gas prices right now? Buck seventy-five. What? Yeah, I went up another ten cents. What do you mean ten cents? When was it one sixty? Like all of last week. What? Currently, as of yesterday, I think is one seventy-five. Remember when it was sixty-seven cents? Do you remember that? That was fog. That was fog, dude. It was and $20 was just like, a gas tank. I was just like, wow, I still have to spend so much money on gas. Well, guess what? 3x. 3x. The fucking gas prices. Up my ass. That's disgusting. Uh, it's so bad. Like, I... I don't have to fill up gas that often because of where my work I have to fill it up is. every four to five days. <laughs> where my work location is, I cannot fill up for two it weeks. It takes me half an hour to get to work and for back, and weeks. then I got shit to do in the city, so I gotta go back into the city. I so. haven't filled up for gas in two weeks. Fuck <laughs> you. 
but Bog. but 175 i did not see that that is absolutely horrible and you I, know what? I, i'm now spending like almost 400 bucks a month in gas <laughs> like fucked. not even lying wow dude just move out <laughs> what are you doing and what spend a thousand dollars on rent for a fucking small studio apartment just with buy a this house. housing economy buy a house how just how save up money and buy I'll a say, house I'll, I'll take my girlfriend's money my just girlfriend will up, buy it and i'll be a stay-at-home husband and buy That's a house just save up and buy a house Save up for the down payment, genius. Listen, that's going to take me like years and years and years. I'm doing it. Are you? Saving up right now. Good job. Respect. Because I can. I'm not, I can't. If I'm not spending moment. on Twitch streamers. I haven't even got, got, had a stable full time job in a year and a half. So. Why don't you pick yourself up by your bootstraps? I did. I have a full time <laughs> job now. Okay. I just don't get paid in a right way, in a proper way. It's wacky. And. For some reason, uh, I don't get a full paycheck this week. That's strange. Anyways, um, so yeah, also, there's been an ongoing ban on anything that's Russian. Anything that's Russian is getting that's, banned. That's kind of whack, if I'm being honest. You go to the liquor whack. mart, you can't buy Russian vodka anymore. Which is okay, because vodka's trash, and we should get rid of it anyway. CD Projekt Red has announced they are not letting anybody play The Witcher 3. Or, or cyberpunk in Belarusian or Russian territory. Are you Steam, serious? I'm not kidding. They said they're not going to allow them to what play What the it. fuck? Steam said they're not going to let you, if you live in a Russian territory, to buy Steam games. That's super fucked up, actually. Isn't that fucked up? That's super fucked up. This is Putin's war, not the Russians' war. That's apparently not according to everybody else. Actually, the, the sanctions that the world has been putting on um, Russia... I've been hurting Russian citizens a lot. And the, what Russia's doing is also hurting Russian citizens. And Russian citizens are being like, yo, what the fuck? Their whole entire lives are uh, crumbling beneath their uh, foot, like, feet. Like, there's one Russian, a YouTuber, that um, I think Hassan was watching. Or someone was watching. Users in Russia may not be able to purchase games on Steam due to credit card purchases failing. That's shit. Valve has disabled all payment methods except Steam Wallet and PayPal. Game developers are also experiencing problems with getting payouts. So because of this, all the game companies and also partially as, as pain on them are just pulling everything. But the ones from the Belarusian places, the, that, that when they're targeting them, then it's straight, straight up just political. They're not doing it because of payment. Because Belarusia can still, Belarus can still pay. Belarus did not get hit by the sanctions. They're not Russian. Mm-hmm. I mean, like you like that though. You can't play The Witcher Three now. No, you can't play The terrible. Witcher Three. Everybody, hey. even Russians, should be able to play hey. The Witcher Three. It's a great game. They should be able to play. They can still play Elden Ring though. All right, well, that's a, that's something. Um. Anyways, back to my point though. There's a there's a Russian YouTuber talking about how the sanctions were fucking over his entire career because he can't. Um, all his American dollars have been seized because of the bank sanctions. Mm-hmm. So he can't even take that out. All his uh, savings uh, in ruples have been gone so far down in value that they're basically worthless, and he can't buy anything anyway, so he's fucked. His, he has no insurance on anything, because he's a YouTuber, right? Mm-hmm. So his whole entire life is fucked. He has no money, can't access the wealth that he's created, and he's just like, I, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. Game he's, over. Like a, he's a video uh, essayist, right? Yeah. And he's just like, it's game over for me. I can't do anything. My entire career, everything has come to me not being able to do anything because Russia 
is fucking over their citizens, and then the rest of the world is putting crippling sanctions on the uh, Russian people. Like, genius takes like this. Genius takes like this from this dumb fuck. Steam slash Twitch must take a stand and temporarily ban Russian players. Russian players should take their time and think. Bro, think about what? They don't live in a democracy, genius. They don't want this war. They all know that this war uh, is going to cause, or before it started, they're all, uh, most of them were against it. Now, now they have hundreds of thousands of people were protesting like crazy, man. Yeah. And I mean, I think it was actually 50-50. Uh, half the Russian people wanted it and half the pe Russian people didn't. Uh, after this is also after the war had already started yeah um, there's a poll done i don't know how outdated that would be now but it was also very much of a generational divide so the younger people didn't want the war because they were more like america focused i guess with the internet and everything mm. and uh information focus where the older people were just eating up the uh, russian propaganda oh yeah right so and there's also propaganda going on both sides. So the numbers and the things that you're hearing from the Ukrainian government, probably as bullshit as the numbers and the propaganda you're hearing from the Russian government. That's I'm just true. going to say yeah, that. that's for sure. That's how war is uh, fought. It's fought on the information side, the economic side, and the battlefront. Don't put, why, you, why is your arm around me? It's so weird. Weirdo. Okay. But... I thought you were gay. Other than those things, a little bit. But other than those <laughs> things, um, <laughs> we don't have anything else really planned for this. So I think we're just gonna have to end the fucking podcast. Well, also, I was just talking off my pee. ass. I have to pee as well. Okay. So well, I we gotta go end the eat. podcast. Anyways, away, thanks so. for listening. I hope you enjoyed uh, this uh, podcast. And um, I don't know what we're going to do with the uh, interview, but the interview as well with Nikki Ashton. Mm -hmm. Great time. I hope she comes back on. Yeah. Anyway, so remember to download the podcast and 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 share with everybody and rate it rate us five stars and all that stuff. So uh, again, we should go over um, uh, calling your uh, MP, uh, calling your um, representatives and stuff, emailing them as well if you can. Uh, give them a call. Calling's always best because they can hear your voice and hear your tone mm -hmm. of voice. Uh, however, do what the best you can. Uh, get the word out about uh, Bill C two forty five. Right? Yes. Yeah. I hate how they're numbered. That makes me so Because there was another bill in, I think, the 70s or something, or like 80s, that was at the same number or something. I don't know. I don't, it's... Uh, it, why can't the have they... I am pissed. Why can't have they... They have clickbait End titles. the podcast. Okay. Anyways, have a good night. We love you. Um, I've, I've had a great night tonight, so, mm -hmm. yeah. Fantastic. Thank I'm you so much. I'm going to drink some more booze. Anyways, catch y'all later. Goodbye.